reckon the best piece of advice is to go into business on your own to begin. Yep. Eight business partners in the last five years. So wow. You definitely make a lot of money out of it. People are so willing to give advice, especially when they're made out to feel like the expert. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prime Potty. I am on it today to have two very successful guests uh, with a little bit of runs on the board. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build a successful clothing brand, which I think is something that a lot of people out there are very interested in doing. It seems to be kind of the place to start for starting a business, especially now that we're in Melbourne. I think there's a very popular thing to do here. So to start off, Jesse, how are you, my friend? Doing really well. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here, man. Mate, it's great to have you. Jack, how are you? Very well, thanks, Tom. Out of 10? Thanks for having us. Oh, probably about an eight. What about you? We'll go eight and a half. Eight and a half. <laughs> well, ladies and gents, I'm That's 11 okay. because I'm feeling absolutely great today. Now, I want to get everyone on the same page. All this is at home. I want you guys to give me a little bit of an elevator pitch. So about 15 to 30 seconds, just so we all know a little bit about you. And then we're going to jump straight into building a successful clothing brand, pretty much from start to finish and a little bit of advice from you guys who are in the industry, have been in the industry, continuing to be in the industry. Um, just kind of advice on, on all those sort of things. So we'll start with you, Jesse. Give us a 15 to 30 second elevator pitch. Cool, wasting no time. I uh, co-founded I, yeah, co-founded Pushpool in 2019, 2018, something like that. I was about 20 years old. And uh, fast forward five years on, I'm now co-founding of, co-founder of Colorplane uh, with Jack here. And uh, yeah, so I've been in the industry about five years. Um, that's what I do. Sell t-shirts and hoodies for a living. That's so cool. Are you going to move into like things like uh, trackies and stuff as well? For sure, for sure. Crewnecks, cool. trackies, hats, socks, you name it. We'll do Dope. it. All right. Your turn. Cool. Uh, my name's Jack. I came from a sporting background, spent four years in the US at college, which was really cool. Came back during COVID. I founded a Blank's um, business called Blank Earth. And now about a year and a half later, here I am with Jesse in Colorplane. Pretty exciting stuff. Are you excited to team up with Jesse? He's got some runs on the board, obviously, with Pushpool, a pretty big brand here in Melbs. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, me and Jesse have been close uh, for years now. We kind of grew up together and I suppose, you know, we always had the idea or the thought that we might go into business together eventually down the line. So uh, it was pretty crazy how the, the timing just kind of worked. And obviously, Jesse stepped away from Pushpool and I was doing my thing. And yeah, we that it's crazy that we're sitting next to each other right now and mm. we've been on this journey with each other for the last 10 months so it was always a dream at the start like when did it kind of start this idea of you guys creating business together which you're now doing oh that's a bloody good question i think jack and i caught up a lot throughout covid um but like you know doing a lot of running a lot of bike riding and just speaking business a lot as well um you know you don't have much else to do in covid so no it's kind of just kind of daydreaming and um i think at push poor i was getting silly amount of dms about like how do i start a brand you know kids kind of locked up in their room covid wanting to start brands like and the big question was like where do i find a good blank supplier manufacturer and i thought mm, this is tough because like we've spent years trying to find our manufacturer so i didn't really want to utter that and then i i knew jack he'd just come back from college playing um, basketball in america and he was like dying to jump into a business and i said i reckon a decent idea would be start blank clothing because there is that many kids reaching out yeah yeah, I suppose it started for me probably more as like my own brand. Um, I love clothing, always love fashion. So I always saw myself in it at some point. And then COVID was just the perfect time. Stepped away from basketball, so it all opened up for me. And then just getting into it, which we'll, we'll go into today, I guess, um, with just the problems and the barriers that you face. Uh, I just was like, wow, this is so hard to find like good quality blanks and to get this up and running. And then I was like, and then obviously I had the chat with Jesse and we we're like, fuck it, let's I'm going to try and, you know, solve the problem and here we are. Here we are solving problems, solving the world issues right here on the Prime Potty Bay. <laughs> uh, guys, let's get into it because like I said, I just want you guys to, to give obviously me and all the listeners and viewers out there a little bit of a structure, a blueprint on how that they can start their own clothing business because a lot of people have just no idea where to start. So I think, well, personally, this is what I think, but I, you guys could be telling me that I'm completely wrong. Probably the first place you want to start is an idea of a name or an identity. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the toughest things, to be honest, because I think, you know, Color Plane took us a long, long time. You know, I, it, I, I love our name because color and then we sell plain basic garments, but we smell right. it plain as in like an actual plane. So it's like a lot of, you know, a bit going on there. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. I reckon Jack 
Jack and I lived together, and I reckon for a whole month, like literally thirty days, every day we'd wake up and be like, hur, 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 and like yell a name out. And we was like, no, 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 that's not gonna work, mate. It was oh, so exhausting. It, it literally just, was exhausting. Like shooting each other down the whole time. Like, nah, don't like yeah. it. Like, How long on. did it take you to land on a name, man? It, like, it would have been a few months. Yeah, we, we weren't even like, because then you try to think of the logo, right? So it's like cool to have a name, but if you can't think of a logo and how it all goes together, man, we had so many names. My notes was like 10 mm. meters long scrolling. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think it's one of those things, f- figuring out a name, you're always going to doubt yourself no matter what, right? There's no perfect name. There's no such thing as that. Um, so my best advice, what I have done over the last five years of business, I try to think of something really relatable. Um with push pull, I saw it on every door in the world. So I thought everyone's looked at a door that says push and pull. And I just thought that would stay in people's minds, and it, and it so happened to be. So color plane, a little bit more abstract, but as I explained, I think there's that sort of double meaning with like we sell plain clothing. I think plain's dope because it's like a destination that we're traveling to. So that's kind of yeah. I think it comes back to the meaning. It has to mean something to you, and that probably extends to like a broader question of like why are you doing this? Like why do you want to? start a clothing brand, what kind of clothes are they going to be? What do they mean to you? Because if it's just a little fad or you're not super passionate about it or you don't believe in it, it's not going to be sustainable and it's going to you know, drift off eventually. So mm. yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, that is especially important to make sure, like you said, you mentioned like drifting off. Like you got to make sure that it's something that can kind of stay relevant. I remember when I started prime training it was actually initially called pandemic training because i started it during the pandemic and i was selling eight week body weight programs <laughs> and they were flying off the shelves but uh by the end of the pandemic it started to lose a little bit of its identity so um i wanted to keep pt um yeah i know it was so bad man and like the, everything about it like the, <laughs> the logo was like kind of like a skull and crossbones for pandemic and i was like oh just so out of touch bro <laughs> what i was doing so love it um like I said, I, I liked the initials PT because I was a personal trainer. So I just searched up all the things that started with P, all the words, and landed on Prime, which was very, very cool. But starting a clothing business, you're going to run into a, a well, any business, you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks. What are some of the struggles that you think are most prevalent uh, in today, kind of starting a clothing business? I think everyone like jumps it financially. Like that's the first thing, and especially when you're young, right? Like you probably have a part-time job, you're making very little money for 95% of the population. So that's obviously the first thing. But I actually, when I speak to a lot of young brands and people having this very thought, I often say, think more about the time because it's you can go work at a cafe and b- build your money, you know, work weekly. But the reality is the time, the sacrifices, that I find that the most difficult. You know, you might not be able to go to every 18th or might not be able to go out with your friends every weekend. You know, those, those types of things go straight home from school and like work on your small businesses or maybe drop university you know you gotta something's got to give if you're gonna run a successful business mm. it's that sacrifice that's so important hey mm. Facts. I would agree. yeah 100 percent. something's got to give you gotta realign your priorities and that's something you know me and jesse are still doing today it's not like it just happens overnight you gotta work at it and yeah that's super important for jack like he was training you know back to sort of when we came together he was training at two nbl clubs like hustling to get a contract and i just said you know something's got to give and that, that now he's literally people ask him every day like you still playing basketball what's going on there and he's like i had to give up that to have this mm. you know can't have both it's such a difficult thing for people to do because they've got a passion in one thing and it's like you know, eventually your career is probably going to have to overtake what your passion is, um, which sometimes is unfortunate. And something that I try to do with myself is still have the balance of kind of having that passion, like still being able to play footy, but then incorporating that and funneling that into my business is something so I don't lose the passion and then can kind of incorporate that into my career. Starting a business, solo, partner, group of friends, how do you do it? I think it depends on who you ask. People are going to have different perspectives on this. Me and Jesse talk, you know, we have a few mentors in our life and some of them say, go into business with your, with your friend, with your best friends, like they vouch for that. Others say, don't do it. So I think it's just based on personal experience. Obviously, um, Jesse, I mean, Jesse can talk about going into business with a lot of people. I, I started with myself, which I think suited me really well. I'm a pretty independent person and, I uh, like to, you know, think through my own thoughts and make my own decisions. So that probably really, you know, was a good grounding for me. Um, but now I was definitely ready 
I think you can only take things so far by yourself too. So there definitely has to come a time where you do need to build the team and, you know, me and Jesse, that was like the best fit. Um, so yeah, Jesse, you probably yeah, come to the other. I've had eight business partners in the last five years. So wow, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of business partners. <laughs> I've, had, I've, had, I've had eight. Yeah, maybe more. Maybe like nine. Man, I've had a lot. You know um, all their names? Can you name them all right now? <laughs> <laughs> Go. Oh, can't. I can't unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Please don't. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, yeah. I mean, look, early days. You know, I, I was that young kid going around, literally calling all my friends in my contacts, being like, "Do you want to be in a business? <laughs> you want to be a business partner?" And no, mate. Sorry. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, get stuffed. Exactly right. And the reality is, most people say that, but like a bunch were like, "Oh, I'm not doing too much, or I got a bit of free time." But I think I, I, the best thing I could say here is, it's like a housemate. You know, you can only live with certain people or date certain people. It's the exact same thing as a business partner. Mm. Like you can't, like you have different friends for different reasons, right? And you got to find that friend that you're really in sync with, that you're really respectful of, that you have, I would say like a yin and yang sort of vibe as well. You know, yeah. if you guys have both the exact same strengths, like if we, Jack's got an accounting degree, I lean a bit more creatively with like my family background. So I run a lot of our marketing. Jack like really structures us up behind the scenes really well. You know, that type of thing, make sure that you know, our books and all that are in, in good check. So I think that's important, finding strengths and weaknesses and yeah, something like that. <laughs> you don't have to cut yourself off, mate. We're like, uh, we're like, right. What are you saying? We, like, only had, we only had 15 seconds on the elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so true. Like, um, you know, I from my personal experience, um, I remember my family went through a little bit of an issue with being in a partnership. So something that mum and dad always told me was just be very, very careful with who you partner up with. So with Prime, I kind of just wanted to do it all by myself and... Sometimes I do wish that I had someone else to handball some things off to because it can get pretty hectic. But like you said, if you are independent enough and you know you kind of jump in the deep end sometimes, it's just the way that you've got to move forward. And then like, I guess something that I started off with with business is uh, I was lucky that I had my old man who's um, an entrepreneur and kind of helped me out with that sort of stuff. But if you're starting from scratch, sole trader, there's proprietary limited, there's partnership, there's all these different kind of ways that you can start up a business. Mm. I'll let Jack speak about the formal side, but just mm. quickly, we speak to a lot of young kids about that. I think the best piece of advice is to go into business on your own to begin. Yeah. Because often you don't know your own strengths and weaknesses because you haven't been out in the field, right? It's like you can watch football on YouTube or you can go out on the field. Yeah, great call. Two very different things. So that's that's our best piece of advice. Like going on your own for six months a year, you'll learn a lot about yourself and then you'll know what you need, right? So what do you think about the formal side? In terms of maybe which route you go, the main thing you want to be thinking about is just tax implications. That's kind of the main thing. So if you're a sole trader, that essentially means that it's basically treated the same as personal income. So let's say you prime, you're making a lot of money these days. Um, Barely. You're <laughs> spending it all. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a high tax bracket and then any money you make for the business is going to be taxed at that high rate. So you mm. probably don't want that. So I think for us, you know, companies probably makes the most sense. We're obviously a company. And that just means you can separate things a bit too, which I would recommend. Pay yourself a wage as well out of that. Correct, yes. Yeah. I think a good rule of thumb is like if you're if you're just starting off I'd be, and you're on your own, become a sole trader. If you're also very early in the game and you have a business partner, you enter into a partnership. That's like they're kind of like low fuss. Not It's very easy to start. You, know, yeah. you don't need anything too full on. And then a company is probably when you've been in the game maybe a year or two and you've built maybe a team or a product that's quite successful. There are some startup costs for a company too. Yeah, which of course. Is there worth is worth noting. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like a thousand bucks I had to pay I yeah. think, to get started. Yeah. Um, but for me, what I ended up doing is I ended up doing proprietary limited at the start because I kind of pulled my, all my eggs in one basket and was like, I think that this is going to be really successful. So like, I'm just going to start now with a proprietary limited PTY yeah. and just go from there kind of thing. So there's a couple of different um, ways that you can go, a couple of different directions, but uh, definitely I think that that's something that you should talk to a lot of people about. Successful entrepreneurs, like I said before, that you can get as, as much advice as you possibly can out of that. Yeah. On, that on that note, like, hit up as many people in the industry as possible like mm. i'm sure we can all attest like the amount you learn from a phone call or a quick coffee from people that have been in your shoes and walked that walk it's insane like you could save yourself a year yeah you know? yeah yeah we literally have saved ourselves years from just like a 30 minute conversation it, it, i think people forget how willing others are to give advice that you know they may, might be 20 years ahead of where you want to be people are so willing to give advice especially when they're made out to feel like the expert mm. i remember like 
met with you guys a couple of weeks ago and we just had a coffee and some of the advice you gave me, I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. And it's so great to have you guys on the potty as well because, you know, like you said, you're creative, you got the accounting side. It's like, it's yin and yang and it's really good advice for a lot of people out there. Let's say you've got your name sorted, you figured out you want to be a sole trader or a PTY, you know, whatever you might want to do. Then kind of next, you're probably looking at what's in style, what's your demographic? Is that the direction that you're going to go? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I just think you learn so much by doing. Well, at the start, you might think, you know, I, I mean, a lot of brands, if you're a male, you're probably going to start selling to males. And I remember back at our coffee a few weeks ago, we started speaking about the female market and the importance of how much females buy compared to men. Mm. If you think, you know, if you're a male and you think about all your mates, like you probably buy one thing max every month online, like absolute minimum, right? Absolute maximum, sorry. Where females are buying like, 1,000 things, like they're buying like- They love it, man. And they love it. <laughs> you get so much stuff online. I think you guys both have sisters. I don't, but I'm sure you guys see it on that scale. Like, Dude, my sister loves buying stuff for it. And then she, she hits up the group chat. Hey, mom, you got some money? <laughs> hey, mom, can you? She, she's at college and everything in New York, so she's not really self-sufficient at the moment. But um, right. she's like, mom, like, I want to buy this, this. I'm like, bro, I ain't, I ain't get this kind of handouts. <laughs> Sis, yeah. it's that little sister, bro, or like little brother. They always get like the handouts from mom and dad. I'm Oh, Dad, help me out, bro. No, yeah, I'm the youngest, but you know, back to females. Yeah, so. yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's for another day. But um, <laughs> back to going. females. Let's go. Yeah, I, like they buy like I heard they buy like multiple sizes of everything tried on. I just can't wrap my head around. What? Where's your money going? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, we we heard a crazy stat the other day about a big uh, female like boutique brand in Melbourne. Something like the return rate was like over fifty percent or something crazy like that. So for every Thing they sell like it's returning. Yeah, like girls are just returning them because it might I'm not fit well. Putting in that returns policy, man. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to change <laughs> that. Get, yeah. get a return. In fact, policy. yeah, yes. all the young brands figure out your return policy. That is actually a really good thing to say. Like, you do need to sort out your returns policy and say, you know, sometimes it's difficult to, you know, especially getting them to send it back when you have to put it back oh, in stock. It's a headache. It's a headache. Very big headache. Do you guys have any? Big returns for push pull. We did, man. It was a pain. Like I think, I believe we got it down to if you didn't send it back within seven days, it was like we we weren't going to take it back. Mate, I'd be like two days, I reckon. Yeah, I think seven. Three days, maybe. Yeah, it was annoying. You know, people have like oil stains. Like their dinner was like halfway over the jumper, and you're like, come. "Mm, I think why are you returning this? Like, (laughs) I don't want your last week's pizza on it. But anyway, (laughs) I know, I know. Margarita pizza all over the front of the. Legit. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't reselling those. I'll tell you that. No, (laughs) I just take them. That's that's what you give. Yeah, <laughs> those are the giveaway hoodies <laughs> oh i love that um i want you to touch on what you reckon's in style now let's say you start that clothing business today what's in style now i'm wearing a tie-dye hat at the moment that's they're pretty in <laughs> maybe a bit too much it really just comes straight into the melbourne scene yeah we love it um we've seen like a bit of cropped yeah the crop t-shirts definitely i think with males they become more and more popular which i think is when you know it's probably a thing because if, if it's not just females and males are actually you know getting getting around it then i think that's a real sign yeah i think for the longest of time like really baggy t-shirts oversized has been the thing for the last like three years and i'm not sure exactly where it started but i do know like if you wear a more like when we say crop like something that sits on your waist yeah kind of like shows off your pants and like y- your legs look a bit more elongated so it's like a bit more proportionate in a yeah, sense okay i know what you're saying yeah so i've seen a bit of that um in terms of like colors I mean, obviously, all the pastel colors are going crazy with all the female. Is that a summer brands. thing? I mean, girls buy all year round. I yeah, think. <laughs> they're just buying <laughs> every I second. Would say <laughs> Message of this podcast: Girls buy a lot online. <laughs> <laughs> Target to them if you want to be yeah, successful or unisex. Yeah, Correct. that's the thing. Um, I, I don't know. I think in Melbourne, you know, people buy hoodies all year round. So, and the colors. Here's the thing too: like, yeah, there's only so many colors. You can do right, so I mean, a lot of these brands are kind of bringing out new colors with every drop. So I think we're just going to keep seeing wilder and wilder colors because they've already done the basic black, white, gray, mm. whatever mm. it may be. Mm. Yeah, no, the trend's a funny one, man. I mean, in the industry we're in, obviously we're super blank. Like we let the creative like design what they think. Uh, but you weren't. We, I wasn't. Yeah, a minute ago I was in there at, <laughs> on the coal face. Um, I mean, for us, you know, yeah, color was huge. I think. Puff print's been a massive thing. Um, there's probably not a brand that doesn't do puff print right now. 
Um, I'll take the credit on that one. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't. Cut that out. <laughs> Please do that. That was all me. No, no. Um, oh. No, nah, we'll talk. But, um, That's so funny. <laughs> no, nah, I'll tell you what, one thing I'm going to try to take a little bit of credit for, but not, not fully, about 80% of credit, is like on, on screenshots of DMs. I have been doing that for like three years religiously, like every day. And the amount of people that screenshot DMs now and like, you know, post that on a story is like i'm claiming that was like 80 percent. that was you <laughs> I, i'm claiming it i'm here i'm on this podcast and i'm making big calls I'm claiming. yeah I, I like it i've never seen this side of you you get bringing out some confidence today in this potty you know you brought it down to me bro. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says yeah. bring, him up. bring him up too much <laughs> oh shit I mean, i'll calm down now yeah, no it's good oh yeah i love it um what about things you want to see more of or like a little bit of a quirky style that you're you know, you don't see that much at the moment and something that you'd like to maybe see brought back? That's a good question, mm. man. I think it's funny. A lot of, like, knits have been coming back in. Like, the... So, like, mohar is this, like, certain wool that's, like, real fluffy. That's... It's become a real big thing. Um, you know, with Australia and, like, Melbourne, we're always... You look at the US and those TikToks and stuff, and you... We're always about two years behind whatever's going on there. So, Agreed. it's funny. Like, you're getting targeted all that, but then you don't really see it here, and then eventually it trickles down. So... I think like knits will become really big if they're kind of already taking off here. Um, it's people just dressing like grandpas, man. I swear to God, I'm not even joking. Like, go look at like an <laughs> Those old New Balance shoes, bro. Everything, like- everything. <laughs> it's a thing. I think Tyler the Creator's probably pushed that. Like he speaks real highly about how comfortable like old people are in clothes. Interesting. All, all Tyler wears is like knits and vests and for sure. Yeah, yeah. They all do wear some pretty out there blazers. Clothes. Like you know, I think yeah, like that sort of old man fashion really. Yeah, I froth that. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing that. <laughs> I need some more old man fashion. We'll see, we'll see how we go. Do you guys need an overarching message for a clothing business or can it be just clothes? I'm going to say yes if you want it to be long-term and sustainable. Facts. Because I think today, especially with COVID, there's you know so many social media businesses popping up and people are just selling hoodies in cool colors and cool prints with no message behind it. And I feel like it's just super saturated now. So, And there does there need to be a message that you feel like could be portrayed to an audience? Is there a, you know, is there a space for something to come in there? Yeah, I mean, do just like look at it like this, right? So there's no lower barrier into entry. Like you can get a white t-shirt from Kmart. You can get a texter and, and write a logo on it, right? Or whatever, just put a little design on there print that up and get an AVN online, which you'll get in 24 hours, pay $40. And you now are officially a clothing brand owner. Yeah. Right. Make an Instagram. That's free. <laughs> Take a photo of that t-shirt, upload it. It's like, I'm being serious within 48 hours. Like you're officially a legit clothing brand owner. So I think that you, it's very competitive, right? You know, you've, as Jack was saying, you've got people everywhere in this industry and that's why you need a message. It's something deeper than the clothing. Cause at the end of the day, clothes are clothes. It's all a bit subjective too, like whether it's a prime unwind or a purple hoodie, whatever it is, it's like whatever it doesn't, whatever it means to you is very subjective. It's just an opinion. Of course. But the messaging can be that deeper layer I find. And if that can be like that bigger arch, I think that's really important. Love it. Hmm. That was, that was pretty deep. Thank you, man. I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> you touched on finances. Yeah. Do, do we need a lot of finances to start? No. I think, there's definitely something to say with having to be very resourceful, um, learning a bunch of different skills, get a YouTube degree, like just sit on yeah. like in terms of like Photoshop, all those skills. Like I feel you don't even have, like universities are kind of going like shit right now because you can learn that stuff probably better on YouTube than you can in a trip. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I use Canva for pretty much everything. Yeah, it's like Canva's a good ticket. one. It's so Canva's good. Dope. Like I use Canva for most of my designs. I've got like a designer now that does a little bit more formatting for me which is i'm very grateful for because i'm not that like i'm a little bit creative but like you know I go, there's the people that are more creative yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm that's what i mean by surrounding yourself with like people that can 100%. really help you with that sort of stuff saying that though, i think it, it, you definitely want to have an understanding of finances and like how money flows in and out i think a good one for young brands as well is just do like a case study for like a year say and you know if i sell you know whatever say it's hoodies if i sell 50 hoodies how much money do I make? How much am I making them for? Like, am I making money? Am I losing money? Like, you know, maybe I sell a hundred and now I'm starting to make money. So if I'm not selling a hundred, what am I doing? Like, I think really thinking ahead like that 
um, because otherwise you can just go through a whole year, you know, just, um, you know, thinking that you're going to be making money at the end or it's all going to figure itself out and then you get there and it doesn't. And you're not making any money. Right. You're living on the street. <laughs> so we're good the lads. But ba- <laughs> it's not going too well. Well, back to this being real competitive, like the clothing industry, I think you have to give a ton of value because you're versing, you know, every Joe Blow that's opening up a t-shirt brand, a hoodie brand. So unless you're getting out there, I love, you know, the authenticity of knowing, you know, real relationships instead of just sitting behind an Instagram where no one knows who the brand owner is. I think there's so much to be said for someone who's, you know, you see it in people's content where it's like you do a lot of public events with like a lot of youth and like kick the kick and I think that stuff's like unbelievable because mm. talking about that bigger arch, like it goes beyond the t-shirt that you're selling because you're actually out there, you know, like friendship, right? Exactly. It's like, like you said, you've got a relationship with the person that you're buying it off and it's like, you almost feel like you're their friend even though you might not even know who the other person is but like they feel like they really know you so they're like really happy to mm. to invest, I guess, in, in, in your success which is really cool. So, 100%. We've got, let's say, we figured out the name. We've got an overarching message. We're kind of figuring all this sort of stuff up out. We're a sole trader. Now we've got to find a supplier. Where the hell am I going to get my hoodies from? Where am I going to get my tees from? Where do I go? Well, Prime, you're looking at <laughs> You don't need to look like, far. Like, I think the message I try to send here is a lot of people go on to Alibaba, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think manufacturing, so... Again, like back to square one, it's where most issues come from. You, if you go overseas, you're, you're speaking to someone who both doesn't speak English as their first language and that comes with a ton of issues, especially long-term when if you are buying big quantities because your brand's going really well, then it's, it's getting riskier every time because they're probably more than likely going to screw up something in that big drop. If you but, get 500, you know, and they've stuffed up all 500 and you get it and it doesn't <laughs> look right, then you're going to be a bit of strife. You're in the hole then, yeah. And I've experienced a lot of those things and, <laughs> and certainly Jack has as well. And mm. it's, yeah, it's inevitable, especially, I mean, the biggest thing for us is back to relationships. It's funny how all these themes flow through is meeting your supplier and knowing them. And tr- that's where the trust comes. So last year, Jack and I flew to Vietnam and we just dived straight in. We went to 20 factories we, about 10 days in a row. We just sitting in ubers just driving to the next one the next one the next one hectic yeah just not meeting people shaking hands being like what's going on here and we landed on one um and that's who we use today uh we're flying back there next month uh which is dope really looking forward to it i might come with you guys to be honest hey jump in man it's um (laughs) yeah it's incredible you know the quality of the hoodies and the tees thank you man appreciate it i just chef kissed everyone (laughs) listening and not watching (laughs) He's gone again. Absolutely. Two chef kisses. (laughs) Two chef kisses. It's that good. Touch on the hoodies. Yeah, we're we're stoked with them. It's been a long time in the making. I think we've been working on these for the best part of 11 months. Thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. (laughs) So many samples. They're on the straight slides. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, probably about... For a minute, for a minute. About 20 adjustments, 20 samples, back and forth. Yeah, it's been been a journey to say the least. So to have it where it is today, we're extremely excited. What makes a good hoodie and a bad hoodie? Oh, I like that question. Mm, there's a lot of factors. <laughs> I, I mean, one weight. Weight? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I think today obviously heavyweight is really coming in and that's kind of taken hold of the market and there's probably a real gap there that we are filling. The quality of the yarn, quality of the cotton, the materials that you're using, a lot of people there's a lot of polyester and cotton out there which is plastic. Polyester is essentially plastic, so it's got a bit of a cheaper I guess feel, cotton's a bit softer. Um, and then I guess up. back to the, the factory and how much you trust them and the workmanship behind the hoodie, who's making them, where they're being made, all that stuff plays a, a role. Yeah, I think like the cut of the hoodie as well, you know, a lot of average hoodies like your Kmart or, you know, you just do a really cheap ass hoodie. It's just going to be like really generic cut. What we we really focus on is something that's like boxy, super comfortable, you know, it kind of fits a lot of body shapes. Um, yeah, man, I, I, we have a fleece on the inside. It's like really, really comfortable, I think. You love, you Mate, love it. I love the hoodies. <laughs> they are so comfy. I actually sent it to a, um, to like my group chat of mates I went to school with in Perth and they were like, that looks dumb comfy. <laughs> They're like three messages. Comfy, looks comfy, <laughs> looks amazing. And it was, uh, yeah, it was super comfy. So um, they are some of the greatest hoodies in the world. They're crazy. Kind of like them. And we will be using them for the new hoodie drop that we will be doing at Prime. Can't wait. Exciting. So exciting. Let's touch on, you guys touch on the fabric. So can we touch on that again? Because it was something that when I first got into kind of looking at clothes, what fabrics, are, like I didn't even know what fabrics <laughs> are. There's like cotton, polyester, there's spandex, there's all these different things. I was looking at them all like, bro, 
there's a lot of fabrics out there and then they mix them, blend yeah, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for when you're looking for fabrics? I mean, for us, it's, it's 100% cotton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% cotton for us. I mean, all fabrics are good for different things. So a lot of your athletic wear, that's going to be a lot of your like viscose and kind of your more stretchier fabrics. Poly. Poly usually. Polyester, yeah, yeah, lots of polyester. Um, you, you know, wear tracksuits your jumpers it's gonna be more cotton polyester blends usually yeah big thing for us i mean you know is sustainability and that's why we went over there and looked at all the processes and in the next three months we've committed to going to organic cotton so, wow that's yeah. awesome yes sir i love organic stuff uh, are you gonna clap then Dude, that- <laughs> I, was, I eat only organic stuff so like yeah. i'm big on it like no no added hormones like no sprays that's it's it. just beautiful stuff yeah, no hormones in these hoodies. Uh, yeah, no, hopefully not. So I was talking on the food front rather than, <laughs> <laughs> rather than the hoodies. But yeah, that's sick. Yeah, man. So that's a big step for us. Um, yeah, we want to be really sustainable, really transparent. That's a really big thing about our brand. Like we want to, we have, we have our, our podcast that just teach people to come along on the journey. We started it when we hadn't made a dollar, hadn't made a sale just yet. We just bought the podcast equipment, dived in. And now we're here, I think. Just today, we disclosed that we, I think we've done like $200,000 revenue in the first three months. Mm. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah, so it's moving fast. Product, yeah. yeah, that was a lot. Without, <laughs> we only got product in a week ago. So <laughs> we just, got no product lads. <laughs> we've done 200K. How does that yeah, work? Yeah, it's, we just, I think, you know, with our backgrounds and with the samples we've had in, people have been, and I mean, it's actually more so the, the state of the market. Like, there's just really average options out there. So yeah. people are desperate. Like, I need some, like a good hoodie, you know? Yeah. And like you guys are just wearing blanks now, which is um, super cool. And I'm actually speaking of blanks. This was a blank, the T-shirt that I'm wearing. So if you're watching the YouTube, if you're not, if you're on the Spotify, then go over and look on the YouTube because I've got the new Prime Unwind shirt. Uh, it's kind of an oversized fit. Mm-hmm. What do you Correct. reckon? You For liking sure. it? Yeah. Lo- loving it. Man. Absolutely loving it. <laughs> Looks good on you. Nice, yeah. nice neckline. The confidence. The confidence. Damn it! I try to do. <laughs> I try to be humble. All podcast. Um, but let's touch on where we're going down the uh, organic grass-fed type of things because at Prime, we do have new supplements, uh, which is amazing. So 100% grass-fed, we've got chocolate protein powder, we've got vanilla protein powder, we've got orange-flavored pre-workout, we've got unflavored creatine, some of the best supplements, if not the best supplements, and also the best-tasting supplements on the market. As well, we've got apparel and training programs as well. So if you do want to pick any of that up, then you can jump onto the website and use the code podcast to get 20% off. God damn. I'm getting good go. at these ad rates. That was hey. good. That was pretty good. Yeah, like, clean. I'm, ju- I'm looking straight down the barrel <laughs> as well. So <laughs> off the top of the head. I ain't yeah. reading that off, nah. but I uh, just thought that would be a nice segue. So make sure you guys do please jump on and get anything that you want. Remember, use the code podcast to get 20% off. We figured out the fabrics. We figured mm-hmm. out all this. We're running down the list. Mm-hmm. Now we want to embroider. Mm. our or we want to put our mark yep. on a blank mm-hmm. we might you know you could just sell the blank if you want it but <laughs> i like it if you, you know if you got a message you want to send your message 100 you, you've got all these different ways of embroidering or putting your mark on uh, a garment can you run me through them sure i mean the main ones that you would see would be screen printing a lot of puff print as jesse touched on earlier and embroidery, those, those are, I mean, screen printing and embroidery are the main two, mm. I would say. You uh, can you like can, dye your hoodie. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can do dye some and things. like patches right. and badges and all that stuff. But I'd say for the most part, what, what you see, you know, in public is screen printing and embroidery. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's different types. You can like heat transfer. So it's like, a, it's more just like, like on a footy jersey type of thing, the way they put a lot of that on heat transfer on sport jerseys in general. Um, yeah. Digital print. As digital well, print. Which is, yeah, it's a bit funky. That's when you're doing like a, if you want to print a photo that was really detailed with like a million things going on, you'd fo- probably f- digitally print that. DTG. Yeah. DTG. DTG. Yeah, you're all over it. DTG. Um, yeah, that's interesting because I think, is, is there anything that's on trend at the moment? You said you mentioned puff print. I think you can't, yeah, that's got to be the biggest one, man. Yeah. Like it's just taking the world by storm, <laughs> especially yeah. Melbourne anyway. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I think puff print... It, it gives that sense of value, you know, like it's a bit more than just a print. Um, there's something about it. I think, you know, the way it sits, the way it's a bit raised, it almost like maybe emphasizes the message a little bit more. Embroidery is a classic, you know. We're at Pushball, that was our number one thing was our pat, the smiley faces were all embroidered. And because they're so thick, I think that cuts through a little bit. There's a bit more perceived value there too. Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of value, I think, in Puffer, and that's why I'm going to be doing the new Prime on One hoodies in. I think it looks really cool, but... What do you reckon puff print on hoodies and then screen print on tees? Or do you reckon just puff print on everything? 
<laughs> just, just or is this something that you guys? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's kind of personal choice. Like end of the day, um, it's a very subjective thing. I, I think on a hoodie, it with the material just being thicker, it probably feels. If you're puff printing on thin material, I probably wouldn't recommend it because it can distort the material and yeah, 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 wrinkles and all you that kind of thing. You kind of feel it on your body too. Like mm. if it's a thin t-shirt, because it is that sort of puffed, thicker print, it just doesn't feel like a smooth yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, it can be itchy and all yeah. that kind of thing. So go on a hoodie. Puff on a hoodie, t-shirt, relax. Just get a normal screen print. Relax. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Let's say, you know, you've ticked all these things off and then you're kind of getting the samples in. The samples are looking good. You mm. go and order some things. Let's say you got a hundred hoodies. Mm-hmm. I think that it was something that you really mes- uh, mentioned to me, Jesse, about giving stuff away. Mm-hmm. Talk me through that because it's something that I actually never really did at the start of my apparel brand. I kind of just started selling it, but there was a lot of value that you can give in giving samples and you can touch on it as well, obviously, because you did it with Colorplane. Yeah, it's a huge thing. I mean, for the last five years of my business journey, that's been like my number one sort of staple is just, and you mentioned it as well, Tom, it's just value, value, value. And one way I saw we'd give value is just giving the products away, um, having people sort of test them and go like, wow, these are you know comfortable. And I don't think it's a better way. You know, like you can make great content, you can you know be funny on the DM, or you can get your product in someone's hands. So for us, you know, it's just been a main theme at the pop-up stores I've done in years gone by. We've given away tons of bags and tote bags, et cetera. And just recently, Jack will talk about, I think we gave away 400 mm-hmm. ga- color playing garments. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we're just thinking super long with it. We know that if we give that value up front, it's going to come back tenfold down the line. So yeah, it's a good uh, mindset to have, I think, for young brands that are just starting. And as well, like your biggest thing at the start is to get your brand out there, get the message out there and what better 100%. way than to give away free free garments. Like no one's going to turn down a free hoodie or t-shirt. Exactly. I remember you guys giving me the first garment and it was like a black hoodie and I put it on and I was like, well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, man. <laughs> that was like the comfiest thing I ever put on. I'm not even like gassing you guys up or like gassing Prime on Wind Up because it's going to be huge, but the, the just... It just felt so nice, bro. I thought I was getting a nice little cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It, it. Yeah, it was honestly one of the comfiest hoodies I've ever put on. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Um, and yeah, the, the giving away thing is also free advertising. Mm. You got to remember that if you're giving it to, let's say, maybe an influencer or an athlete, whoever it might be, and they're wearing it around and someone sees them wearing it around, or even they put it up on their Instagram because they're just inadvertently wearing it because they really enjoy it. It's free advertising for you. Facts. No, for sure. And I think it, it make, you can make your brand look a lot bigger. So you make 50 sales with these 100 hoodies. If you give away 50 because you only ever sold 50, then you've technically like moved 100 pieces, which in the community, people are looking at 100 garments now instead of 50. Mm. And so. we'll touch on the financials quickly. So if you are looking to do that, you could mark it up, let's say, you know, 75%. So you're still getting a, a profit. yeah I think the greatest thing about hoodies that I've seen and spoke to hundreds of brands about is you make a lot of money on a hoodie and I think people there's a purpose for them that goes far beyond a t-shirt it gets cold in winters all around the world and a hoodie serves a great purpose that goes just beyond the design right so you're almost selling a little a lot of your design and your brand's overarching message but then you're also selling something people really need of course so it's a win-win and yeah the profit margins are about roughly double a t-shirt so you were to sell a hundred hoodies, that's two hundred t-shirts. It's a necessity as well. It's kind of like food; like you need clothes, right? To facts, just live. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, taking style from others is something that I also wanted to touch on because you see, I'm seeing a lot of hoodies at the moment that are kind of similar to each other, and like mm-hmm. I know that there's only so many hoodies out there, um, so it's difficult, I guess, to like have something completely new every single time. But what do you reckon about taking a little bit of style from them? And then kind of making your own or like a little bit of copycat. Like what do you reckon is like that in the industry? It's a really good question, man. Um, hmm. Like for me, I I definitely look a lot overseas, you know, touching on back before. I think Melbourne, Australia is a little bit slow, whether that's because we're on an island, you know, thousands of (laughs) kilometers away. It's probably it. Um, So it takes a while for things to trickle in. Um, You know, Jack lived in America four years. I've been five times. So I think America is a really big influence for us. Mm. I think they're a bit bolder with like, you know what they, I mean you only go oh. on league fits to know like yeah I go on um like watch NBA and stuff and like watch they then walk in with the fits it's like 
world. <laughs> yeah, you guys next level. Yeah. Crazy shit going on. But the same at college, like people were pretty out there. Yeah, yeah. I had teammates, and especially some teammates that were, you know, loved it, and you'd see them wearing a new piece like every day, walking into the game. It's like, where'd you get that from? Like, I think they're renting all these clothes <laughs> or something. Like, <laughs> they must be renting them. Yeah, because I they think so. With I, some serious fits. Yeah, I d- yeah. They definitely didn't have any money, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they were stealing. I don't know. <laughs> college, <laughs> college grind. Yeah, couldn't even get. Like you don't even get paid at college, so like no, where exactly, are they giving these garments yeah, from? Exactly, I, Mom and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Group chat. Um, I won't uh, disclose their names, but yeah, Mom and Dad. I think yeah, just following. It's a it's a nice mix of both. I think you know you want to look at what other people are doing, but then you don't want to get like lost in that because if you're looking at different, you know, especially in this social media age, I think yeah, I think you can take inspiration from magazines, reading. It doesn't have to always be super visual. It can you know chuck in a podcast, get inspired about like an idea, and then run with that. Mm, I like that. Mm. You guys are just spreading so much wisdom, which I'm just like so happy about. Because I know that everyone's listening that is just like so happy right now. They've got a smile on their face. That's good. Let's uh, go on to a little bit of fit body, fit mind. Because cool. without having a... You, you just can't have a successful life, in my opinion, from the way that I've seen, the way that I've seen other people live their lives, without keeping your body and your physical in shape which also keeps your mind in shape Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i'm a big believer that um your world will reflect the state of your mind and your body so if you're looking after your body and your mind then oftentimes like your world and your reality will reflect that and you know you'll live a good and healthy life for the most part um you know obviously a bit of luck comes along too but yeah i think for for me obviously grew up playing a lot of sport early and i'm so grateful that i did and for those experiences i think they go far beyond just your physical health but also your mental health and life lessons and all that kind of thing and that's something me and jesse do on the daily and yeah we run a lot together i think jack it really rubbed off well on me in that regard because i I thought the half marathon was like i was i'd retired i'd put the boots up the runners (laughs) up whatever you call it I put them up, whatever they were, they put them down. I was was never putting them on again. And we did like one or two half marathons and I I was cooked. I was so gassed after those. And then I'll never forget, we were doing some training run around that stage about two years ago. And Jack's like, what about a marathon? And I'm like, don't fucking say that. Like, (laughs) we're like running that. 21 hurts enough. And um, somehow, some way we we forced our way there. And yeah, now, in fact, I think we're doing a, we are, we're doing a 62, 62 kilometer run in two weeks. Yep. In Tasmania, up no, hills, 3,000 meters elevation, yeah. um, eight hour, probably about an eight-hour stint. Kind of wish I didn't ask that question two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's led us to here. Keelan, yeah. have you ever run 62Ks ever? <laughs> no. in, a, in a month? <laughs> I don't reckon I've ever run that in a month. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, you won't be seeing me doing that uh, too much. But anyway. uh, Each of their own, I guess. But that is really good. Like Having that fit body, fit mind, I think, is a really important thing. And it's good to see that people that aren't even really like involved in like the fitness scene kind of like what I seem to be is still a really important part Mm, of their health. So Mm. that's unbelievable and I really love it. Speaking of fitness, if you guys want to be as fit as possible, then you need to check out the Whoop Bands because they are really, really incredible. If you guys do want to pick some up, then you can look uh, down in the description of the video or of the podcast to uh, get some whoop bands. Have you guys seen the whoop bands? I've seen you storing it and I, I'm... Uh, you thinking? I'm mm. loving it. I'm, yeah. I'm close. They're, they're incredible. They're like the Se- best things I've ever had. Sleep, what do you track calls? the most on that? Sleep. Like sleep's the biggest thing for me. Sleep and then recovery because it like tells you like a percent of how recovered you are. And I find that really important for me because it's like, uh, am I recovered enough to hit a really big workout today and hit a high strain is what it, they call it. So can I hit a really big workout today or should I just take a recovery day and chill out unwind a bit unwind the first conversation we have every morning is jesse walking into the lounge room and first thing he would tell me is what his sleep score was i'm big on and, it. and huge this is incredible for yeah, sleep it'd be like, better than the garment it, oh incredible <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i don't, I don't think you trust the garment no, quite I no i hate my garment <laughs> love hate <laughs> love hate well i don't hate the word but i do hate how it tells me that i have to sleep 27 hours every night because i'm not getting enough but it is um yeah it's genuinely some of the the most impressive uh, software that I've seen. So mm. big on it and you guys should go and check it out uh, as well. Just going to quickly say Prime Unwind that we have touched on a few times in this podcast is going to be a new kind of streetwear, ledgewear, loungewear sort of uh, 
I guess, part of the Prime train experience. So that's very exciting. And these guys have helped me out a lot with the direction of that. So that is what we've been alluding to at times on this podcast. A couple more Q&As from the people out there because I love asking questions and people just give me something back. So how do you stay relevant and not drop out of the fashion trend? You know, because sometimes fashion brands stay around. They're, they're prevalent for a year or two and then they're gone. Where the hell do they go and how do they stop that? I think um, my best answer to this is trends will always come and go and that's why you need to be building that bigger arch as we're talking about because I think that stuff, those relationships are way more you know, sort of intertwined than trends. So like if you have loyal, a really loyal community and you know really responded to DMs with like a lot of love and care, then when the trends come and go, like people always arrive with you. People stay. They stay. And you, that's why you got to build beyond just the trend because that's yeah a big one is building staple products too so to have like two or three products that are like champions for you and then maybe you experiment with four or five others that are more trend based but you want to have that you know stable predictable three products Mm. and that's how you keep bringing the money in because that's a perfect segue into the next question which is is building a clothing brand profitable like can you make a genuinely good living out of it or is it not that profitable I mean, you can definitely make a lot of money out of it. I'll tell you that first. <laughs> I'll, hit that, I'll hit the nail on the head straight away with that. But I think... Um, if you do it right. Uh, to, like, to kind of backpedal on that a little bit is, I think when I first started when I was 20, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till I make you know, my first $100,000 or whatever. You know, when I see the business turn over a million dollars, it's going to be the best day of my life. And when we did those things, I was just felt the exact same way I did when I was first starting that business. So... My biggest advice is like, cool, like money's great and it helps you do things and grow and travel and, you know, turn the lights on and whatever. But the reality is you don't really feel any different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a few more zeros in your bank account, but trust me right now, if you're not, if you're not happy now, then you're not going to be happy at those times. So it goes back to that kind of fit mind, fit body sort of thing Facts. as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Why are you doing it? If you're doing it for the money, then probably want to choose something else. Mm. Great call. Go gamble. Don't gamble, kids. That's a lie. Do not do that. I don't gamble, and you shouldn't. Uh, any businesses that we should look out for in the streetwear kind of oh, wear loungewear that are coming up? Prime on mind. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Prime on mind, baby. That's it. Nothing else. But there are a few. Sure. There are a few that are coming up, especially in Melbs. Oh, man, mm. there's so many. Like, we, we, we're lucky enough to have a lot of them on the podcast, but um, Mercha Mercha is absolutely taking over right now. Yep doing crazy things. Mana Mako would be another one. Mana Mako. My old guys back at Pushball doing some special things. Always. Always. Um, who else is doing amazing things? Like, in terms of female brands, I mean, Mr. Winston, as contentious as it is, like, they're doing some crazy, like, yeah. it's just running it what, up, Yeah, it? man, what they've built is pretty insane. In terms of international, if we want to dive out that way, I mean, the list goes on and on. I shout out a guy, Drew Joyner, he's from America, he's doing some crazy things. Nice. Yeah, if you want to take it offshore and have a look what he's doing. Well, that some people definitely would. Oh, yeah. Some people would be keen on that. <laughs> Jump on it. Any, anything. Um, well, lads, it's been a pleasure having you on, but I'm not finished yet. Okay. Because I want to, with all my guests, I love to touch on three successful habits that they've employed into their life that has got them to this, uh, I guess, mark in their life. Because, you know, you guys are pretty successful in your own right. And I would love to explore your minds and your habits. So give me three successful ones, please. Three individuals? Yeah, three collectively. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, three each, please. Because yeah. we want to give the people... Yeah, we want to give depth. the people six. Mm. Well, yeah. like, some of them can overlap That's as well. value. You're talking three, but we give I'm them six. I'm talking value, mm. baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, habits, like, think for Jack and I, healthy eating's really big. So we go to the Queen Vic Market, buy some organic produce. I think, you know, what you're putting into your body is really important. Um, so, yeah, organic veg and meat is big. It's uh, a pretty good habit. Um, because we live together, I swear these are going to be the same, same. Well, you um, see three for you and then I'll do, I'll do uh, three for me. Uh, cool. Um, I think, you know, as much as I hate my Garmin and the sleep, I think sleeping's really big. Incredible. Yeah, massive. I think you got to get that. I reckon at least eight. You know, Don't be fooling around on seven. Like, <laughs> I'm not an expert. I don't, I'm, I'm not nah, the... Amen, bro. Don't fool around on that seven. <laughs> amen. Cool. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> Whoop expert over here. Whoop expert. <laughs> uh, third habit would be, hmm. I think my third habit's like, spending a shitload of time with my family oh i love that yeah that's big for me I, I, i'm lucky enough to live like about a k away from my family home so 
I'm there pretty much every day. So that's a big thing for me. That's so beautiful, dude. I'm getting chills. <laughs> Hit me with three. First up, I'm going to go journaling. I've been yeah. journaling for like three, four years now. And if you know me well, you know I always have a journal with me. Just you know that awesome. better than anyone. This is true. <laughs> Second would be probably being where my feet are. That's like kind of more a mindset thing. Something that I really probably honed in on like two, three years ago. I think just the power of being in the moment. Being present, right? Being present, correct. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean when I say being where your feet yeah, are. Yeah, well, I just want to just touch on that because, yeah, like yeah. some people don't really know of what course. being where your feet are, but like being present is something that I preach all the time. Like just not looking too far ahead, not looking too far behind, just mm-hmm. like being in the moment is yeah. incredibly important. Yeah, now is the most important moment of your life 100%. kind of thing. Um, and the third, I'm going to say it's kind of another morning routine one, but like breathing. So it's kind of it flows into meditation, but it kind of doesn't. So just like a breathing exercise. I've just found it's, I mean, breathing in itself is just such a powerful tool, I think. Well, if you don't breathe. Correct, yeah. (laughs) You're in trouble. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, so in the morning, just kind of energizes you, helps you reset for the day. It's awesome. And sometimes I tell myself just to take a mindful couple of breaths in the morning, just to like, almost like recent yourself. It sounds a little bit hippie, but like growing up in Noosa, I guess that's in my blood. Uh, But yeah, it's kind of just like recentering yourself and getting back to basics. Amazing, man. Gents been an absolute pleasure the the blueprint the knowledge just the flow of this podcast has been unbelievable i knew it was going to be unbelievable when i was uh driving up today so i'm so grateful for you guys coming on and just giving everyone your knowledge and your time it's uh it means more than you know so we really appreciate the prime potty and uh thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having us man thanks for having us dude any leaving remarks uh leaving remarks like I think, you know, what Jack and I do is what we didn't really have when we were growing up you know, and, and hence coming on this podcast means a lot to us to, to tell people, you know, a few little, you know, little tips and tricks, a bit of free game, whatever you want to call it, um, because sadly it's a bit rare and, you know, I think bringing everyone up is, is the way we, we want to see the future go. Unbelievable. Just, I'll just echo that. I think, um, you know, me and Jesse have been very fortunate with the opportunities that have come our way and the knowledge that we've been able to to um, absorb so yeah we just want to pay it back it's unbelievable guys thank you so much for coming on the Prime Putty I will see you guys soon